Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dina Varley, founder and CEO of Project Purple, and we have another interview for you coming up with a very special guest. But first, I wanted to give you a quick update. At the time of the recording of this episode, we are rolling into the holiday season, and we've had runners that have finished races in Berlin, London, Twin Cities, Chicago, New York City, and other events across the country. We've also had gyms and group fitness teams hosting our push-pull events and all sorts of other fundraisers. And I just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who's helping to spread awareness, raise funds, and help us fight for a world without pancreatic cancer. If you'd like to see how you can get involved, visit projectpurple.org and follow Project Purple on all social media channels. Happy holidays also from all of us here at Project Purple. Without further ado, let's meet our guest on today's show. I've got a special guest. I always say I have special guests. And I, I, we've been doing this podcast now almost five years. And I know this is going to come off corny. It sounds like a broken record. But I am blessed to have the opportunity to talk to so many great people. And on today's show is a special guest because it's a paisan of mine, a brother from another mother, as we say here in the United States. I was just in uh, Italy for a week. We got to break bread physically, and then we got to spend a lot of time together. We had one of his colleagues on the podcast a while back, actually, I think during COVID, actually, uh, Giuseppe uh, Mielo was on our podcast, coming to us all the way. You're not our farthest guest because we've had guests from Australia, and I think mileage wise that's a little bit longer but coming all the way from Verona Italy Dr. Salvatore Peleia Peleia I I I butchered that last name Salvatore I apologize <laughs> but okay. he's the associate professor of surgery at the Verona Cancer Center at Verona University and also helps lead the Pancreas Institute there in Verona thank you for joining me here on the Project Purple podcast Ciao Dino Grazie. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. I know my last name is not easy to pronounce. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure about it. You can say paella. It's very difficult. I know it. it it's remember the paella, the Spanish dish made of rice and meat and, uh, and, uh, and fish, but you can call me whatever you want. No, 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 no. We, we have to get it. So it's paella. Bravo. Paella. Okay, so we I spent uh, 10 days in Italy. I was fluent in Italian. I think we were having this conversation. I come home, no one speaks Italian. It all goes to 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 waste. And now, you know, this is like the first time in 15 days that we're actually I'm trying to speak Italian. Well, we could do some bilingual here, you know, for uh, we have a vast audience. So hopefully they understand Italian and maybe we have some Italian listeners. So um all kidding aside. It's a pleasure to have you here on the podcast. I'm really excited. Um, you and I have kind of connected throughout the years. Um, you guys are part of the Precede study, which is a great study that we help Fawn get off the ground, doing some great things. Uh, but I was really excited when we got to meet face to face, and we kind of hit it off. Um, you know, I, I wasn't being sarcastic. It's, it's kind of. Um, you know how do I how do I put this and what I've been able to do here with Project Purple over the last twelve plus years? It's amazing how you can meet complete strangers and become best of friends or like family very quick because we're in this space. We kind of live, eat, breed pancreas disease, pancreas cancer. So um, 
it was just so awesome to me and then get to see all the great things that you and the team is doing there in Verona. And I, I you know, I know you, you had some questions about, Hey, what's the podcast about? What's this all about? Uh, and I said, Hey man, this is going to be awesome. I just want to share all the great things. And as we were talking before we hit record here, you know, I, I truly believe, and I'll say this many times on this podcast, I've been blessed to tour so many cancer centers here in the United States, and I'm not trying to badmouth anyone, uh, but what you guys are doing there in Verona is world-renowned. I mean, you guys have a world-class facility. I would put on par with any of the facilities I've toured here in the United States um, and doing some amazing things. And this is, for me, you know, being the, the, the founder, CEO here at Project Purple, I, you could tell how excited I'm getting here saying this is is just wild because when I when I started Project Purple, it was like, hey, we're going to work with whoever, man. I want to work with the best. And, and if you look at any space, any successful business, any successful athletes, you look at a- any industry, people who get to the top work with some of the best people in that space. And that's what we are about here at Project Purple, regardless of the boundaries, regardless of sex, uh, race, whatever it is, we want to work with the best. And Verona is one of those places. So I, I'm really excited to have you here to share what you guys are doing. Um, before we get there, as is customary with all our guests, we always give the guests the first segment to kind of give their background. And I know you and I were talking about this before we hit record as well. So this is your opportunity to share with our audience who you are, how you got into the space, w- how long you've been in the space, and then we'll we'll take it from there. So with that, the microphone's yours, Salvatore. Thank you, Dino. Uh, I have to admit that only my mommy calls me Salvatore or my daddy. You can call me Toto. It's much more friendly and I love it. So Toto is quite easy, easier also to pronounce, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you can call me really uh, as you prefer. Uh, I was born in Sicily uh, in uh, 39 years ago. Uh, I grew up there and I graduated uh, at the University of Palermo in 2009. Then I moved to Verona by accident, I'm going to tell you later on. Uh, and I completed my residency in general surgery in 2016. Um, in 2017, I was appointed as junior researcher there in Verona. Uh, or here in Verona. In 2019, I completed my PhD program in inflammation, immunity, and cancer here in Verona. And the same year, I became senior researcher. Uh, In 2021, then I completed my um, last training period, my second level master course on nutrition in oncology at the University of Pavia, that is the biggest center in, in Italy for nutrition in oncological patients. And finally, one week ago, I became an associate professor of surgery uh, at the University of Verona. Um, so I'm currently involved in teaching and tutoring activities at the University of Verona, especially at the schools of medicine and surgery and also nursing. All these things may be may seem to be of a high level, but trust me, it is definitely nothing nothing special. I have to say, uh, you're being pretty humble. Uh, here in the United States, they do this thing, you know, forty uh, the forty best of under forty, right? So I would say you would qualify because you're thirty nine. Uh, of you know, one of those people that probably if they did it in Italy would that would be like forty of the greatest people under forty. So let's just leave that at that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I have to say that I have, I'm not so talented or, or maybe I'm funny and uh, it, it helped a lot during my, my career. Uh, probably I was the right man at the right position at the right time, something like this, but I appreciate your, your words. Well, I, I appreciate all you do. 
my next question, so mm-hmm. you go through all this training, mm-hmm. and this is gonna be a loaded question. I have a lot of loaded questions, but why GI cancer and in particular pancreatic cancer? Was there a personal connection? Was there a mentor? Was there a case that you sat in on during your your you know your your okay. upbringing in, in medicine that realized like, hey, this is where I want to be? Okay, um, as I anticipated before, um, I ad- I admit that I reached by accident the School of Surgery of Verona and the pancreatic cancer world. It was 2009. I was a young physician with no idea about what I've been doing, but I knew only that I would become a surgeon. I wanted to go out from Sicily because my surgical training there would have been very difficult and full of obstacles many obstacles. And I was searching for a guide, a sign, you know, Uh, this uh, unexpectedly arrived attending a Congress that I should never participate in an isolated town in the center of Italy, uh, where I met my future master, Professor Claudio Bassi. Uh, At that time, he presented a captivating study um, on treating pancreatic cancer with the radiofrequency ablation that it was very pioneering at that time. Uh, he was wearing an old, not so fashion sweater with hood buttons, everyone as, as a suit, you know? And I said, he's my man. I wrote to him the, the day after and two days after I was in Verona. And then he soon became the head chief of general surgery and the head of the Pancras Institute. So at that point, I could very easily absorb any input from the pancreatic cancer world and from pancreatic cancer affected patients. Um, Because Verona is probably the leading Italian center of pancreatology, thanks to the last 30 years of intensive care and research on pancreatic disease, including pancreatic cancer, of course. Uh, we perform more than 450 resections per year. Uh, there is a, 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 an amongous number, and the numbers are increasing thanks to the three to 4,000 patients we visit uh, per, per, per year. So these numbers are in- incredible. They are increasing, unfortunately. Uh, so at that point, I realized that I could have had a small role in pancreatic cancer cure, research, and patient assistance. Uh, because dealing with pancreatic cancer daily, it's very easy to become empathic, positive, and always at patients' disposable, their disposal, because patients' eyes are so scared about what is going to happen to them that you can easily become their guide through the therapy, giving them your availability, your skills, and your clear communications quality. Well, I, I believe in God. So yes, thankful well. to the, the higher being of, of having that interaction because sometimes there's a higher calling, right? That puts you in a certain place and ha- has certain things, negative and positive. And so I, I'm thankful for that interaction for you to meet or to, to hear Claudio speak and to be inspired by that and that you're in the space. Cause I know you guys are doing great things and, and, you know, let's talk a little bit about that. And, and, but before we get there, yeah, you know, our listeners know you're in Italy, but mm. let's just talk a little bit about, so th- there are differences right here in the United States. We have open, I guess you would say an open healthcare system, right? Mm-hmm. If you have insurance, you can go to any hospital, um, if you don't have insurance, you can go to any hospital, you may get different quality of care. You may not get the best of care, but you'll get some sort of care, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I In def- Italy, it's a little bit different. 
it is completely different. You know, I have to admit that uh, if you come from a 7,000 inhabitants town in the middle of the beautiful Sicilian landscape where I come from, uh, I was definitely fascinated about the American dream that I sometimes thought about. And during my first years of, of university, I just wanted to become a heart surgeon that was living in, in Texas, in Houston. I don't know why. I don't know why, trust me. Uh, but then I soon realized that the, your health system uh, didn't fit with my principles of being a physician. Uh, initially, you can be the, 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 the primary minister, you can be an, a clochard, an homeless, you receive the same treatment regardless of what you pay or the insurance you got. You receive the best. There are differences in our social systems. We know it. We get, when we retire, we get a you know a salary, a monthly salary. You probably get, receive a, a smaller one and so on. But my my our national health system uh, guarantees that you receive the really the, the best according to the hospital you, you 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 go, but the maximum that hospital can offer you. And this reflects also in research. Because if you think that you a patient receives the best, you don't need to be so sponsored by to offer the patient within a research trial the best treatment he can receive. Apart from very special therapies, very special protocol or research that maybe deserve dedicated funds, of course. Correct, correct. So regardless of what your economic are uh, regardless of your race, uh, your job, you're getting the same type of care in that facility. But I know when when we were there, I know we talked a little bit about this. I, I think the one challenge, and this is a this is, I, I should say, it's a similar challenge. Let me re rephrase that. It's a similar challenge to here in the United States because, as we know, access to high volume centers and expertise like the team there in Verona. Mm -hmm. or expertise like the team at MD Anderson mm -hmm. is not accessible to everyone, regardless mm -hmm. of the country, right? So I think that's the one, maybe that's the bigger challenge. And I don't have an answer and I'm not going to expect you to answer that question. But a similarity that you guys deal with is clearly like people in the South can't access Verona as easily as the people in the North. Correct. It's like this. Sorry, I just have to connect my better. Daddy laptop? Okay, done. Uh, sorry. Uh, uh, yes, the 70% of uh, our patients come from a region that is not the Veneto region where Verona is settled. Uh, this is important because you know that the outcomes, the oncological and surgical outcomes of pancreatic cancer care, but also pancreatic diseases in general, are highly dependent on the volume of the hospital. If you perform more than a number of resection per year, it's not maybe the case to, to go deeply into this right now. Or if you visit a number of patients as an oncological unit, or if you are a pathology that, that evaluates daily two to three pancreatic specimens per day, then you will become the best, or you will be able to offer to patients the best treatment, the best opportunities to, 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 to care is disease. Um, that's why you need to, to centralize the care and not to this granular 
situation you can sometimes find in the US where some hospital do perform 12 whipples per year and no one says them, okay, don't do it. You will yeah. harm patients. Please don't do it. We have the same problem in Italy, maybe a little bit less granular because there are some laws that are, that are coming up but from the, the ministry. Uh, but in, in the US, the, the, the phenomenon is much more, much more big. Correct. Yeah. And I, and I think part of that problem here in the United States, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm mm -hmm. not going to create a conspiracy here, but I think it's insurance, right? Because yeah. everyone's trying to do the money grab. Let's be honest, right? I don't care. I don't care who who's going to be mad at me or whatever. I don't care. I'm not here for, I'm not here for that. We're here to help people. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I saw that firsthand. I think you and I talked about it, you know, my yeah. own personal experience with my dad, the guy, you know, we're sitting there and, and you don't know what you don't know. And he's like, yeah, I do 12 of these a year. And I was like, <laughs> oh, it seems like a lot. And then, you know, a couple of years later, you know, I, I realized like, yeah, you know, some of the top surgeons do 12 in two weeks, you know, that's like just their, their yeah, or their, their <laughs> weekly volume. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just this thing. You know, and and we'll let's get into this here in a second because yeah. I want to talk about the group there. But there's the psychology of this disease that I don't think here in the states we talk about it enough. I know when I was there, you guys were talking about you know the great part of the team that you have there with the psychologist when we were doing the tour and stuff. But I, I think the, the the psychological piece here that we always come up with, and I don't know if this happens in Verona, is. We'll meet a family. They go to a regional, a good hospital. You know, I, I think here in the States, if you break a leg, like most people, 99% of the people can go to any hospital in the United mm -hmm. States, get a cast and, you know, they'll be able to walk again. If it's yeah. their leg, they'll be able to write again. If it's their arm, you know, we're really good here in the United States of like that kind of stuff, like acute care. But when it comes to cancer, you know, I, I, I hate it when the patient goes, well, I'm going to... XYZ community hospital cancer center because it's really convenient for me. That's the point. You the, know, and sometimes convenience care. is not yeah. really the 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 primary thing that you should be concerned about. And and I think sometimes psychologically, you know, there's that comfort, you know, people don't want to get out of that comfort zone and I again, I relate this back to my personal experience not trying to beat up on anyone, but I look back at my personal experience. My dad went to a hospital that was literally yeah. a block from our home. Yeah, and yeah. why? Because he was comfortable with it. We knew friends and family that worked there. Um, we had gone there for everything, but was it the best place for my dad's care? Probably not. You know, probably not. Um, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. And and if there's anything that I could advocate here, as I advocate to families, is like, go find a high volume center, find a doctor in a high volume center that you connect with. You may not connect with every doctor, but I'm sure that the high volume centers have plenty of oncologists or plenty of surgeons that you will have some sort of connection with. Uh, may not be the first doctor. Uh, that's okay. Sometimes that happens. But you know, there, there's plenty on the team that maybe hopefully you connect yeah. with. Yeah, um, because I think you know that uh, the problem is the fear. 
Think about a pancreatic cancer patient uh, eyes. He's afraid of the disease. Think about his caregivers. They are very afraid of what is going to happen there. And the fear is a hook that many surgeons or physicians in general latch on to. They try to, to get that hook. And okay, I'm gonna, I'm able to treat this patient, but sometimes it doesn't happen in the majority of cases. If you are not a high volume center, fear is the word. Fear is the word the patient used to hook these this, 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 this situations. That's so powerful that you said that because I don't think I've had a doctor come on here and, and mention that. So, <laughs> you know, you know, and, and but that, but that's so on point because, like, I, I there's a there's a thing between making an emotional decision and a rational decision, right? So if you can eliminate all the emotion out of yeah. the decision making process, right, you can make rational decisions. And yeah. clearly, getting a pancreatic cancer diagnosis is very emotional, right? That's an emotional thing that happens to you, and you have a lot of emotions, and it's very hard to make that decision. You know, when you're in an emotional state, regardless, you know, I mean, we could look at so many examples, right? Uh, but, you know, that that's so powerful that you just said that because if people have the ability to make a rational decision versus an emotional decision, I guarantee the outcomes become more positive. Yeah, I agree with you completely. So let's shift gears here a little bit. I know we, we teased a little bit here about yeah. the psychological piece. Let, let's hear a little bit about the team there in Verona. You guys are a world-class center. You're a pancreas institute. You guys focus on this. Let's start from the top and let's go all the way down to the bottom, Salvatore, about what you guys do, how it works. I mean, maybe we could say like, okay, someone in Italy gets diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. They come to Verona. How does that look? Um, we can say that the Verona Pancreas Institute not only the general and pancreatic surgery unit I am working in um, is a diamond in the field of pancreatic cancer and pancreatic diseases cure because we have the facilities uh, and the expertise to provide a, this holistic patient assistance going from preclinical and genomics research to the highly intensive care of patients receiving surgery uh, because we work as a team uh, and the multidisciplinarity is routine here. Um, the research trials we are currently leading or we are involved in range from the preclinical setting with organoids or circulating tumor cells to the clinical trial on a microbiome postoperative nutrition, pancreatic fistula, robot-assisted surgery, because we are committed to offering patients the best cure they can have, thanks to a mixture of competencies that each team member of the 12 has. Uh, we often uh, offer our competencies by mail, pro bono, within 24 hours of the patient's request, because we believe in this model of intense assistance. And we are grateful to our master, Professor Bassi, and his disciple, Professor Salvia, for having instilled this in all of us, in our minds. And because we do it for our patients and their caregivers. If you move from Verona to Milano, Milan, or Bologna, or Pisa, or another center in Milan, you can find high level competencies but for sure here, we offer 
24-hour assistance and immediate assistance to patients. They can send you the report of a CT scan just done, and you can say to the patient, okay, go to the oncologist at first. Don't, don't, do not come here to the surgical unit. Let's move to the nutritionist and so on. We, we, we want to give them our assistance. Trust me, Dino, pro bono. Pro That's bono. awesome. And you guys, so I love you mentioned the organoids, and I know organoids have been a big deal here. I know I met the gentleman there who was at Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory for four years. Mm-hmm. One thing, and and I know we talked about this, and I've talked a lot about this, but I want to put this on on the podcast as well. That I was so impressed with the people that I met, mm-hmm. and I think I asked you this the question, and and this is where I'm going to go is so many of the staff there, top to bottom. And when I say top to bottom, meaning from surgeons, oncologists, to researchers, to the clinicians, all on this team have spent a lot of time at some of the major cancer centers here in the United States. And I think when we, (laughs) right. So you've had, you've had staff there spend time at Hopkins, at NYU, at Cold Spring Harbor, at UCSF. Yeah. And and many of the other amazing, you know, when we talk about cancer, MD Anderson, when we talk about cancer centers here in the United States, those are the names, right? And so they start their training in Verona. They come over to the US, get that expertise, and then come back to Italy with that expertise and continue to grow. I love growth. I'm a growth guy. So when when I was when when I when I started to meet all these people there when you were introducing me, they were all saying, oh, I spent my time here, I spent my time here, I'm going there, I'm going there. I'm like, this is so awesome. Everyone's growing, right? Like that's how you get better, right? Like you learn from the best, then yes. you bring it back. And and I said something fascinating to you that I want to put here on air. I said, okay, so, so many people go and learn and come back and grow and build, and this is why the program is where it is, I'm part of it. How many Americans come to Verona and then go back? And what was the answer? I, I like you, Dino. I like your honesty. Uh, I like the way you 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 talk so tra- with transparency. I like it. No, no one. Not no. one. So zero. Zero. So zero Americans. Yeah. So here is so let 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 me paint the picture here. Yeah. So you we we have one of the 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 world's premier pancreas centers in the world, because this is mm-hmm. we're, this is global now. You have a pancreas institute top to bottom, mm-hmm. and you guys, and we're going to talk about early detection in a second, but I know from our conversation, we'll, we're going to put mm-hmm. this out here. You guys have, how big is the CIS registry there? You guys have one of the, th- oh, a couple thousand, 3,500, 4,000? Uh, 3,500 individuals. 3,500 individuals with IPMNs. Which are pancreatic cancer yeah. cysts, high yeah, surveillance. Presumed, yes, presumed. Yeah. IPM, yes, yeah, presumed, presumed IPMNs, right? I know here in the United States, well, pancreatic cancer cysts, right? So, which is Correct. another high risk group. Yeah. So that that's a big number. You guys have all the other expertise. The we mentioned the organoids. You do all this amazing stuff. I don't even know. I you know. What? I'd, be, I'd love to see how many labs here in the United States have organoids. That, that'd be a good homework for me to look up to see how many pancreatic cancer labs. I mean, I think now a lot of them ha- may have access to it, but I know like 
there was that guy out in Long Island, Dave Tuison, who was kind of the pioneer yeah, of the organoids, yeah, right? Yeah. And now yeah. it's kind of gone to other labs, but I know for a long time he was the only one who had them. But so you have all these great things, but you've had zero people from the States come over and mentor or hang out. I say hang out, that, that's putting it politely, but to work side by side with the expertise that you guys have there in Verona. Yes. It's, I don't, I don't know why. Maybe we are, we are not so attractive for the U.S. model of, uh, of uh, medicine, of being a surgeon or a physician. Uh, maybe we are seeing as the, the Italians who do the things, you know, sometimes superficially or without being so precise. I, I don't know, do you know? But what you pointed out is completely correct. It's, that's, that's true. All right. I'm American, so I'm not going to speak for every American, but I'm going to give my opinion. <laughs> not that anyone answer, asked or anyone cares, but it's called arrogance. It's American arrogance, right? So this is where American arrogance, and, and so I'm an Italian-American. If someone gave me the opportunity to move to Verona for a year to study with some of the, the greatest people in the space that are doing some amazing things... Uh, you know, you mentioned robotic surgery very uh, quietly before, but that's a big deal, right? Like, so this this is cutting edge, right, folks? Like, we've already drawn the picture. Let's just put it out there. They're, they're doing cutting edge stuff there in Verona, world-class center in the world. Verona is a beautiful part of the world. <laughs> Italy, I'm biased. I, I think it's one of the, the greatest countries. The food is amazing. The wine is unbelievable. The scenery is amazing. The weather's pretty good. Uh, you know, there, there's not too many negatives there, Salvatore. Maybe the euro right now. I don't know the political climate. Who knows? Uh, there's skiing. You, you know, if you're a skier, you know, <laughs> you're close to Milan, to the Alps. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, the Dolomites are right there. It's, it's a pretty Venice. You know, the list goes on and on, right? We could say here the, the, the amazing things. So, um, I'll go back to the arrogance. I think, and but you know, moving past that. You know, this is where I hope this podcast, we share all the great things you are doing. You know, we continue to support, we continue to raise awareness and get the word out there that you guys have this expertise, whether it's for families here in the United States that maybe have family in Italy, right? Or if it's people in Italy listening to mm -hmm. this that maybe don't know, and yeah. maybe they are going to that local place, they get up to see you guys. Wow. What you're doing, Dino, is fantastic. Because you are creating something that doesn't exist, a sort of not only medical connection, but also a social connection, or uh, you can call it, I don't know how, but you put together two worlds that got something in common, that is the, the well-being of pancreatic cancer patients. And we try. We, yes, you're trying. we're trying. We try we're every trying. day, man. Yeah. Um, I got a couple of questions left here for you, and then we're going to give our audience an opportunity where they could connect with Verona. I know you're active on Twitter um, and you know other places as well. But these next couple of questions are, I call them loaded. Um, there's no right or wrong answer to them, um, but I'd just love to hear your opinion and your thought. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In this space, in terms of pancreatic cancer, yeah. what do you think are some of the things that we do really well? 
And you can take this from your perspective there in Verona, or you can look at it from a holistic, from a 10,000 foot level of the entire world uh, from a surgical standpoint, because you're in that surgery research space. Um, when I when I started to to deal with pancreatic cancer patients, um, very few associations were present, at least in Italy. Uh, and then many uh, bloomed, aiming uh, as you are fantastically doing, you know, uh, at helping pancreatic cancer patients and physicians or researchers because you are a unique resource because you often represent the glue that put together physicians, healthcare professionals, companies, patients or patients caregivers, because you give voice to patients' unmet needs and you shed light on what is being untreated or underrepresented in pancreatic cancer world in terms of care and also of research. Um, for example, let's think about all these fantastic uh, efforts you are uh, making for collecting money from cancer, for pancreatic cancer research, which is outstanding. Um, I have to say that uh, you, I, I love your philanthropy, your medical philanthropy that you are promoting. Uh, this is one of the, the things that I admire of you Americans, which is not so common in Italy. And the, the associations are a declination, you can say this word, a declination of this medical philanthropy um, because you association give hope to researchers and physicians and patients. Uh, and I, I can think about a warm embrace, uh, but not a national one, a sovereign national one, super national one that put together different worlds. And uh, because I think that the role of the, the association shouldn't be, uh, 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 I would say, spent all, only on national identities, national institutions, but should be should be seen at, at large, including also in non-American centers. For example, many of the um, uh, American grants are restricted to U.S. centers. It's a pity. Because pancreatic cancer is not national, <laughs> super national. I, I, th that's what I think. Uh, let, let, let's think about it. I, I was uh, reading on Twitter that I'm not, I'm not making commercial. I don't like mm. Twitter, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I was reading on Twitter that the Texas um, state uh, hired two researchers and they will that will have two millions of dollars to do I don't know which kind of research. Okay, this amount of money for us is out of our possibility, probably in a lifetime. Thinking about research funds, there's a discrepancy, an enormous discrepancy. But you know, maybe one of the reasons why an American doesn't come to Italy to do research is because we don't have the same funds to perform so this, this so high-level preclinical research or genomic research that you got. That's why I love your idea of promoting research transversally. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I've said something. You, you follow the money, right? Like people sometimes get into fields because there's money there. And I think here in the States, that's a struggle because other diseases, and they're all awful diseases, right? There's nothing against that. I mean, I am biased with pancreatic cancer, of course. Would love to see a lot more money go into it. And that's why we continue to advocate and continue to do what we do. You know, I, I think uh, to your point, 
you know, in terms of what we do well, I, I, I do think that there is kind of this, I, I don't know if you call it a wave or, you know, this surge of groups. And I think part of that has been the rise of social media. I think it's been really easy. Mm-hmm. I think it's become difficult the last couple of years with the, the obvious of the pandemic, right? Because of of what was happening and, and the fall of social media now that we're starting to see uh-huh. on various platforms, not just the one you mentioned, but other, you know, for, for, for a lot of reasons, and I'm not going to go down that, that, that rabbit hole, but I think to go back to the rise, you know, I think, you know, when social media started to really kind of gain traction and bring people on board, you know, it was really easy in the beginning to, you know, raise awareness for a variety of causes. And I think a lot of the groups in this space were able to to kind of take advantage of that, us in, included in that when we started in 2010, you know, to just put stuff on social media on, on various platforms and and raise wow. awareness and and help amplify. I think the challenge now with that is so we get to a plateau, like how do we, how do we readjust and how do we continue to do those things and continue Mm -hmm. to raise and amplify, you know, that's the million dollar question, I guess, in that, you know, with that. And and I hope I've always said, Salvatore, like, it's great that I, I think in Italy now there's maybe six or eight recognized groups in the world pancreatic cancer coalition, which we're part of. I'd love, like, it's awesome. I'd love to see like 50 though, right? Like the more that we have, yeah, the, the more that we can do and hopefully help researchers like yourself, whether it's individual philanthropy or if it's government funding, you know, because the government here in the United States provides a lot of the cancer research. So, you know, we need more people to get involved. Uh, it's, it's critical. And I, I love that you mentioned that because that is a, that is a critical piece to all of this. Contrary to that, where do you think we can improve? Mm, wow. And this can be, you know, you can go anywhere. It could be make believe you got a blank check and you're going to write a check and, you know, okay. it's going to go there. I, I got a plan. Listen, uh, think about the World Cup that is playing now, okay? Uh, or think about the All Star game. I love the NBA. Uh, I grew up with the myth of Michael Jordan. So, uh, How did we not talk about basketball when I, <laughs> I was love, together? I love that. I was a very mediocre playmaker. Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll talk after. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, two points. The first, let's think together. What did make the difference during the horrible pandemic we recently lived? The institutions, researchers, researchers and companies worked together. Yeah. In a ridiculous time, a vaccine was produced. Second point, last summer in Italy, the undersecretary of the Italian health minister, for the first time, created a technical table, I was a member, composed of specialists in pancreatology and patient associations. And this was made thanks to the pushing of the patient and associations, trust me. So to come to your question, I am thinking about a super national institution such as the WHO, who built up a team, a committee made of PubMed-based ultra experts on each field of pancreatic cancer research, 
radiomics, immunotherapy, organoids, chemotherapy, surgery, radiology, genomics, artificial intelligence, to whom entrust a plan of research so that each expert, each lab in the world, we are talking about the best, may work together as the instruments of an orchestra. Think about an all-star team of pancreatic cancer experts working together to play the final game. Think about it. And then these experts have to merge their competencies in the field of pancreatic cancer cure and produce robust and disease-changing therapies for the next five to 10 years, for example, because this was, would overcome politics and useless competitions and would definitely speed up the process of pancreatic cancer cure. And according to me, this utopia could be made only through the associations because it seems that institutions, stakeholders, companies seem to be more prone to pay attention to you than to us researchers and physicians. You have uh, potentially, you have uh, a strong role in, in doing this. Let's put together this Nobel Prizes of pancreatology uh, that can merge their competencies, their lab, and moving toward the same direction. I love the idea. <laughs> That's a whole lot of ego in one room. <laughs> right? Right? That's a whole lot of ego, man. You know, I was writing that down and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. And then I'm starting to think about it. I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, there's a lot of egos in that room, man. But you can so, overcome it. I, I, so, <laughs> I love it. I, I, I am... I don't disagree with it, man. I, I I think that's the that's the answer to the question. I, I guess the 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 thing that I always come back to. Anurban Mietra, you know Anurban down at yeah, MD Anderson. Yeah, of course, everyone knows him. Yeah. Everyone knows Anurban, right? Yeah. Like he's the Godfather. Yeah. He's he's Don Corleone of of pancreatic cancer here in the United States, maybe worldwide. Know. You know, yeah. for his Twitter and and what he's done, and and you know at MD Anderson and at Hopkins before that, right? Yeah. I sat down with Anurban uh, about six years ago in uh, in Boston and uh, had him on the podcast. And I asked him this question, and uh, he said, "Ego." He said, "Ego is the big thing oh, wow. in the academic community, right? Like, you know, if we can eliminate ego out of this, you know, I think people would work together more frequently and wouldn't care about you know who gets credit for what, and you know, things would probably move along a lot quicker. You know, so <laughs> I, I I bring that back to this discussion. I I think yeah, like if if there's a way to do that, everyone and and when I say ego, and I'm not just talking about scientists, I'm talking about advocacy groups too. I think there's a lot of ego in in the space, right? Um, I mean, I I don't really care who we work with, what what groups we've we've collaborated with Pancan, uh, and and other smaller groups. Uh, we refer patients to Pancan here in the United States. Uh, you know, we we've worked with Lust Garden as well, Hirschberg. You know, mm -hmm. some of the bigger groups. You know, in the space. So to me, at the end of the day, it's about the patient, right? And and if everyone yeah. had that mindset, then man, we would move this thing a lot quicker, man. I, yeah. I think it would move like like lightning speed, um, you know. If we could, if we could get that, I, I'd love to see that happen. I hope we see it in our lifetimes. I don't know if our uh, kids probably we see it in a, in their lifetime. I'm 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 not. I don't know. But the, the, if the ego is big, 
I suggest them to read Eckhart Tolle. He's a spiritual man yeah. who has <laughs> written a lot about putting down the ego. So it's something that can be happened, that they can be produced by WHO. Think about it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, your example of the COVID pandemic is spot on, right? Like we were able to figure this thing out really quick when yeah. we have alignment, but we need that alignment, yeah. you know, we need everyone aligned. Two last questions here, yeah. and they're both loaded. Put you on the spot here. What does Verona do better than anyone else, in your opinion? Oh, I, I told you probably we do not, we, we, um, we, we are there. We are with the patient. We are there with patient needs. We can, if, if you are thinking about patient assistance, we are always present. Maybe maybe too much. We 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 deserve our now the, the spare time we have to patients. Probably not our families or the loved ones or our friends. But we are there. We love patients. We because we we know their fear and their 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 needs. Um, thinking about research, we can transversely offer to companies and to um, government and all institutions all the high throughput facilities to to reach a goal, to to run a trial, to build up a project. Soon we will start a two project, one phase one and four, one phase two of radio ablation, but not with radiotherapy, but with radio isotopes phosphorus and radium, they decay. And while they decay, they destroy the tumor cells. We put inside the tumor some seeds. They are coated, they are charged. Mm-hmm. It seems in preclinical and some clinical models that the tumor cells, they d- die. And this, yes, it is awesome. There will be one phase one, it will be the first in human trial. Uh, it would be fantastic. In pancreatic uh, cancer, yes, locally advanced. Wow. That's so awesome! I love it. I love hearing it. I love hearing it. My last question here, before we share with the audience where they can connect and learn more about yeah. all the great things you're doing there, and this is a loaded question. There's no right or wrong to it. It's your interpretation. How do you define the term pancreatic cancer? What's your definition? In a single word or in a phrase? It could be a phrase, a couple sentences, oh, oh, just oh, oh. your definition. You could use any type of language. <laughs> uh, we've had people <laughs> call it many things, but it, what? how does Salvatore define pancreatic cancer? Um, a multifaceted disease that needs many specialists. Uh, a pancreatic cancer patient needs many specialists, not only a surgeon, not only an oncologist, but need a guide, a guide that maybe can be present during the therapy. It's awesome. Salvatore, thank you for all that you do for the pancreatic community as a whole worldwide, because I know the things you guys are doing there, as you've talked here, we've talked for almost 50 minutes here, are you know, at the cutting edge, you're leading in the space. It's a world-renowned center. Uh, you're part of uh, one of the many pieces there in Verona that makes it so special and so great. So thank you for your time. Thank you for all you're doing for the community. If anyone wants to learn more about your work, the team there in Verona, 
again, if there's people in Italy or maybe there's people here in the States, maybe they want to mm-hmm. come to Verona, which I know mm-hmm. we've talked about that can happen. Yeah. And I know you guys have worked, you know, via email and all types of mediums in terms of consulting. So that's not out of the picture as well. But also if there's people here in the States that have family in Italy and, and need access, what's the best way to kind of learn more, stay connected and, and find out more about all the great things you're doing there in Verona? We have two, um, uh, one, one Twitter page, Pancras Verona, and one Facebook page, Pancras Verona. Um, uh, the, the connection is quite easy. Uh, they, they will receive uh, um, an answer within 24 hours. Um, we are ready to, to answer to any question, any, any need that can come from the other side of the ocean. Uh, or any association that would like to invest on us to help us in doing our research, we are prone and we are ready. We are we we love this these connections. Awesome! Thank you for being a guest on the Project Purple podcast, and thank you for all you do for the pancreatic cancer community. Grazie! Thank you so much, Dino. That's a wrap of another episode of the Project Purple podcast. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share this episode. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, please be safe. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. Mm-hmm.